Countrywide on RTE Radio 1. 27 minutes to nine on your Saturday morning and we're going to continue now by taking a look at the fascinating work of a woman at the intersection of farming and wildlife in Mayo. Irene O'Brien, District Conservation Officer for the National Parks and Wildlife Service. Lorna Siggins spent a morning with her for Countrywide where she was visiting Shane Loftus's farm on the Upper Moy Estuary to check on the progress of some nesting peregrine falcons. I'm Shane, yeah. Shane. How are you getting on? How are you, Lauren? Hi, Lee Lee Hall. Hall. How Hi, are you doing? Lee Hall. How are you yeah, doing? So Thanks very much for your time now. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. What else would you be doing on a Saturday? <laughs> I'd be walking around the field anyway, you know. It's great if you used to come to a place like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful area to farm, Shane. Oh, stop. Beautiful area just to be. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be firm and enjoy it. As we walk across the field in the wind towards the castle with the happy sound of waders in the background, Irene and Michal stop suddenly. They've caught a glimpse of something, as Shane has. A male peregrine soaring across the estuary. Over the river right down. across the bay, yeah. He came up from somewhere below us. And he flew right over the water. They don't build a nest, they're falcons, so they don't build a nest. They make a scrape, basically, to lay their eggs, and that's where they'll feed their young and stuff like that. They also want somewhere that they can hide in the... Like this year, for example, during the breeding season, it was very hot in May and early June. And a lot of the sites that we went to, the female was trying to shade the young because the heat was unreal. Like, I remember sitting on some some ledges, and I'd say it was in the mid-30s, and you could see the chicks panting. So, like, when we went up to this site, the, the chick had moved way back in at the back because he was trying to keep away from the heat. So he was, he was way in at the shade, so he had to kind of reach in and get him. Raptors in general are farmer's friends because a lot of raptors will take rodents, so rats and other species like that. So, like, red kites were known to be, back in the 16th, 17th century, they were known to be the birds that were looked up to because they were the ones that cleaned up the cities and stuff like that because they fed on the rats. And and do you feel that, Shane, as well? Are Absolutely. you happy to yeah, have them yeah, here? yeah. Like, I mean, I, I was a neighbour of mine, he, has, he had jackdaws here for a long time. And uh, it's funny, I said it from there... Last year, the year before, I said, you notice the old jackdaw population has dropped a bit? And he goes, no, did you say it? There's none around. Yeah. <laughs> they're part of the family almost. Because <laughs> you walk into the field and if they're, if, 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 if she's on the nest, like you, you, I, I come in from that gate over there and the minute you hop the gate, she'll start squawking at you. Often, actually, when she's on eggs, the female won't leave she'll sit very tight and she won't even leave the eggs she'll she's not going to leave her eggs and get you know for them to get cold or anything and the male they can be quite sneaky at that time of the year because the male will sometimes just slink off 
and he'll circle around and kind of flutter his wings, but he won't alarm. But once the chicks are out, they get really vociferous. Like they are flying over your head and you're kind of questioning, she want to take a dive bomb down the top of me now or anything, you know? And has it ever happened? No, 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 no not, well, not yet. <laughs> There's a, like there was a peregrine survey in um, 2018 and they estimated between 420 and 450 pairs. So I suppose peregrines now are moving. They're not on the red list anymore. They're not on the amber. They're moving to the green list, which means they're, you know, they're doing okay. And they have adapted in a lot of ways because their traditional sites would have been traditional upland sites and sea cliffs. And, you know, some of those sites are not really the most productive sites anymore because years and years of, you know, common agricultural policies that encouraged farmers to, you know, get high numbers of sheep and overgrazing destroyed a lot of the uplands and there was very little prey left in the uplands. They're now close to, more close to human habitation, like they've taken to tower houses and castles and obviously quarries as well. And they do very well because... The surrounding areas have a lot of prey for them and more prey for them than there is in the uplands. They, they choose to nest there even though the quarry, they're working away in the quarry and there's noise and it's like they're almost used to that noise. But if somebody different comes along, like when I come in, let's say, to ring them, they get really upset with me because I'm a different person. There's other sites, let's say, that they've left because you there's too much recreation there or like there's examples in the Lace District where there's a lot of climbing and a lot of hiking and people walking above nests where they've left nests you know we still have to be very careful you know and they're subject to persecution still Isn't that fascinating how they are shaping themselves around the human landscape? Irene O'Brien there talking to Lorna Siggins on Shane Loftus's farm in the peaceful Moy estuary of North Mayo.